welcome to the Nothing But Net podcast. I'm your host, Ben Everett, as usual, joined today by Mason Everett. This is our first time doing it in a while. We're going to be doing it uh, monthly from now on because of previous engagements and time constraints and stuff like that. So today we're going to be talking about all-star voting. On Thursday night on TNT, they announced the all-star starters. Uh, there's a new system this year. Previously, it had just been up to the fans to decide who would start in the All-Star game. The new system is 50% fan vote, 25% media vote, and 25% player vote. Uh, and I actually I love that they're mixing it up because I don't think the fans can get it right. What do you think about that new system, Mason? Um, I think it's better, but only because... Um, all-star selections can factor into things like contract clauses. Um, if it didn't have anything to do with how much a player was paid or you know how well he was going to do in his career, then I wouldn't mind if it was if it was fan vote because the entire weekend is really for the fans. But because it has an effect on contracts, I think that you know I think maybe it was a couple years ago that Jeremy Lin almost got voted in because everybody in China voted for him and, and you know and just stuff like that. Like Dwayne Wade almost got voted in this year. Uh, uh, Things like that are just kind of ridiculous to me if it's going to have effect on somebody's financial well-being. So I'm glad that they they took it completely – not completely out of the fans' hands, but half out of the fans' hands. Yeah, um, one, of the, one of the biggest problems I, – I, I completely agree with you. One of the biggest problems with this year's uh, system was that the players did not take the voting seriously. The fans – yeah, obviously the, not all the fans are going to take it seriously because Zaza almost got voted in again. And Dwayne Wade was a starter in the East, according to the fans. But the players did not take it seriously at all. I actually have a list here of some of the players who got votes from their teammates or maybe just other random players. Uh, Mo Williams got some votes. He is technically even retired. He's just still under contract. Thomas Sadoransky for the Wizards got votes. Bryce Johnson, rookie from North Carolina, got votes. He's not played a game yet. Um, JaVale McGee got four votes from players. Uh, Pierre Jackson, uh, the Dallas third-string point guard from Baylor, um, voted for himself. So, I mean, there needs to be a system. I think next year they need to hold the players more accountable for the voting that they put in or maybe even take the player vote out of it and just make it 50% fan, 50% media, because I feel like the media at least knows what they're talking about more and they're not going to mess around with it. Or do something like 50% fan, 25% media, 25% coaches. Yeah, that's that's also a really good idea. I, the coaches are the ones that select the reserves, but I would have no problem with them helping out with the starters. So we're going to go through the Eastern Conference first. The starters that were announced on Thursday night are Kyrie Irving and DeMar DeRozan in the backcourt. And in the frontcourt, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, so what do you agree or disagree about this lineup, Mason? Yeah, I think this is a pretty solid lineup. Um, I would have picked Joel Embiid instead of Jimmy Butler, but a little bit of that is just because I really love watching him play, and I think there needs to be a true center in the all-star lineup, um, or at least somebody who even closely resembles a center. Right now they essentially have three small forwards. Um, then the other thing was Kyrie Irving. Um, I have never been a huge fan of him simply because his defense is anemic and always has been. <clears throat> He's a good uh, shot maker, especially in clutch time, but 
you know, he he didn't do anything before LeBron James got there. And then all of a sudden LeBron James and Kevin Love show up and they're crazy good. Um, they were a lottery team consistently when he was their star player. So to me, that shows like, you know, why why does he necessarily deserve to be a starter? Um, I would consider him even like a fringe all-star. I think I may still have him in the all-star game this year, but he, he's not in my mind a, you know, top two guard in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think he mainly got in there because of the fan vote and maybe even the player vote. He's definitely a big name. I mean, he made the the game winner essentially to win the championship for the Cavs. But I think there are other guys who deserve to start there more. So who who would you put there instead of him? Yeah, I put John Wall there. Um, he's one of those guys that because the Wizards have been, you know, kind of a fringe playoff team for so long that nobody really pays attention to him. Um, LeBron James doesn't play next to him, so he doesn't get as much uh, media time as Kyrie does. But, you know, his numbers this year are really good. Um, he's always been a very good point guard in terms of his assist numbers, his scoring numbers. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think his scoring numbers are up this year as well. Yeah. Um, he's, and he's just really solid in the East. Yeah, no, he he's doing pretty well this year. Washington got off to a horrid start at the beginning of the season. They're up to 23-19, and 19, which is fifth in the East now, so they've really turned the season around. And Wall is averaging 23 points, 10 assists a game, and that's good for third in the NBA in terms of assists. So, yeah, I, I would put him over Irving. The the player that I would take over Wall even is Isaiah Thomas. He's not necessarily a better defender. Like you mentioned, Irving is not a good defender. Uh, Thomas is 5'9", so there's not a whole lot that he can do there. But he's second in the NBA in scoring right now. He's putting up 28.7 points per game. Uh, he's shooting 46% from the field, 91 from the free throw line, and he leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. So he, at this point, he's almost carrying the Celtics offense and a Celtics team that is pretty clearly the third best team in the East. So that's who I would have picked at point guard. And you mentioned earlier Joel Embiid. I would have picked him as well over Jimmy Butler. One, because I'm a traditionalist, and I think you need to have a big man in there. Also, he... He's just he's having a phenomenal year. He's putting up 20 points and eight rebounds a game. Uh, his scoring is third among centers if you count DeMarcus Cousins as a power forward. Uh, he's second in the NBA in blocks already, 24 per, and he's doing all of this on a 25 minute per game restriction. And the biggest thing to me is that Philadelphia is eight and two in their last 10 games. I mean, this is a roster that's probably second, third worst in the NBA. And you can't tell me that it's TJ McConnell and Robert Covington that is making them win games. Yeah, I would agree. I think right, right now that's it's statistically the two best rookies in the league are Joel Embiid and Dario Saric. And I'm sure when, when Ben Simmons comes back, that'll he'll probably jump into that top three as well. But um, you look at the numbers for, for Philadelphia when Joel Embiid is on the floor versus when he's off the floor, and they're just absolutely terrible um, in terms of just their raw plus-minus when he is off the floor. I think he's the only Philadelphia 76er right now with a positive plus-minus. Wow. Yeah, That I mean, he... It's just it's incredible the kind of rookie season that he's having, not just in terms of box score, but in terms of just like the impact he's having on the team. So, I mean, he's he's going to be a perennial all star. Uh, so you mentioned Embiid and you mentioned John Wall. Who else would you put in your reserve for the Eastern Conference? Yeah, so I had a lot of point guards, as I assume you do as well. Um, I had Isaiah Thomas, Kyle Lowry, John Wall, 
um, and Kemba Walker. Um, I said I put John Wall in there because I know that Kyrie Irving is going to be the starter. So because those four guys are all just having phenomenal seasons. Um, Kemba Walker's having a season of his career. Kyle Lowry has been one of those guys that is perennially underrated. Isaiah Thomas, like you mentioned, and then John Wall, I said, should have um, been the starter. Um, three other guys that I would have in there, Joel Embiid, um, Kevin Love, and Paul George. Um, and then there were a couple guys that I considered. I didn't really have any other guards just because um, there were so many, like I, like I listed, so many good point guards. But I also considered Paul Millsap from Atlanta, another one of those guys who doesn't get a lot of media of attention but puts up really good numbers and is terrific defensively for his team, kind of like a Draymond Green type player. And then Chris Tapps Porzingis as well. Yeah, I had the exact same reserve picks as you did. Uh, we already talked about Thomas. We already talked about Wall. Kemba Walker, like you said, having his best year so far, putting up 23 a game, and he's shooting 42% from three. Um, Millsap, he's it's it was hard for me to leave him off um, because he because the Hawks right now are fourth in the East. They're 25 and 18, and he, I kind of feel like you got to put a Hawk on there. But I left him off because Paul George is still one of the best all-around players in the NBA. Um, and then also Kevin Love is having his best year in Cleveland so far. He looks like he actually belongs with that team, whereas in the playoffs sometimes last year it looked like he didn't. Uh, a couple other guys that I consider, I consider Bradley Beal. He's having a really good year for Washington, living up to that contract. And then Mello. I mean, he's he's still he's still the Mello that has all those flaws like defense and leadership and stuff like that. But he he's still one of the best scorers in the NBA. So you got to consider him there. Uh, so moving on to the West, uh, the starters that were announced: Stephen Curry and James Harden in the backcourt. In the front court, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. Uh, do you agree with that starting lineup? Um, I agree with them, all, except for Steph Curry. I had Russell Westbrook, and I think you do too. Um, and this has been talked about a lot, how that was essentially a tie where um, the media and the players both had um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They had Russell Westbrook at one, James Harden at two. But then the fans had Steph Curry at one, James Harden at two, Russell Westbrook at three. And um, unfortunately, this year the fan vote is the tiebreaker. So Steph Curry got in there. But, you know, looking at just who got the most points, it was actually a three-way tie between Steph Curry, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Um, Steph Curry I definitely have uh, on my reserves. But I think Russell Westbrook deserved to be a starter just because he's doing – him and James Harden both are averaging some ridiculous numbers, including over five turnovers a game. <laughs> yeah. That's that's definitely – I have the same lineup as you do. Everyone I agree with except for Curry. And that's no knock on Curry because in a normal year, Curry should definitely be the starter in the West. But Westbrook is averaging a triple-double. Uh, this is the main topic after they revealed the starters is that Westbrook is not in the starting lineup even though he's putting up historic numbers. Um, yeah. And it just came down to the fans and unfortunately the fans like curry better he's i mean he's like the global ambassador for basketball right now that he's the most well-known name other than maybe lebron james and so that's why he's in there uh, and i think all three of those guards would probably be the number one would definitely be the number one guard in the east yeah no i, I definitely agree with you and i think that i think that westbrook harden and durant are currently the top three in terms of mvp voting as well um so, in terms of Western Conference reserves, who did you have? 
Yeah, I think um, I think we probably had some pretty significant differences here. Obviously, I had Russell Westbrook in my reserves since he didn't get the uh, nod for the starting position. Um, I added a couple Warriors in there, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, even though they're not putting up the same type of numbers they have in previous seasons, obviously because Kevin Durant, we know that they're fantastic players. Um, in fact, Draymond Green, I think right now, is leading the Warriors in assists. And I think if he were the star on a team, he, may, he might be one of those players that could average a triple-double as well, um, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but you throw in a couple of Blazers as well, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. McCollum having a career year. Um, he's putting up some ridiculous numbers from mid-range, pull-up mid-range jumpers, which are long known to be the most inefficient shot in the NBA, but he actually makes an efficient number of them, which is crazy. Um, his defense is terrible, but he is a really good weapon next to Damian Lillard on offense. Um, I had DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, at center position. And then I would include Chris Paul on there as well, kind of like an honor, honorary selection, but he's injured. So I think instead I would go with DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, those are all pretty solid picks. To me, the East was really easy to pick in terms of reserves other than you know maybe Paul Millsap versus Paul George or Kevin Love. But the West was incredibly difficult. Uh, I also had Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and Damian Lillard. Uh, Westbrook we talked about already Chris Paul continues to be one of the better point guards in the NBA um, Dame he's putting up 26 a game which is 8th in the NBA right now so I think you have to put him in there he actually got a lot of player votes uh, the players really believe that he's one of the better players in the NBA Klay uh, Thompson we agreed there it was it, to me it was tough to put four Warriors on there um, because you just you have to reward some other teams for winning. I understand that those four players are all all-star caliber, but I was legitimately deciding whether I should leave Clay or Draymond off. I ended up keeping both of them on there, but it was a close call. Uh, I did not include C.J. McCollum. He is currently averaging 23 a game, 42% from three, an insane efficiency from mid-range, like you said. He carried the team when, when Damian was out with the injury, but it was just, I could not put him in there just yet because I had to have Clay in there, had to have Draymond. DeMarcus averaging 28 and 10, even though his team is bad, you have to put him in there. Uh, I put in Mark Gasol. I think he's having a phenomenal season. He's averaging 20 points, six rebounds, four assists. His shooting numbers look like a guard. He's shooting almost 40% from three and 84% from the free throw line. And Memphis is currently sixth in the West. So I felt like Gasol really deserved a spot there because of the Grizzlies really having a solid season so far. And then my, my replacement for Chris Paul was Gordon Hayward. And this was a really tough call as well because – the Jazz, I feel like, definitely deserve an all-star. Uh, they're currently fifth in the West, and they're living up to the expectations that people thought they were going to be really good early in the season. Gordon Hayward currently putting up um, 22 points, six rebounds, four assists, having a really solid season for them. But I was debating between him and Rudy Gobert, who is putting up 13 and 13, leads the NBA in blocks, and is probably the front runner right now for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I know a lot of people are big Gobert fans, think that in terms of advanced stats, he's probably the best center in the NBA. But I just think his offensive production needs to be a little bit better for him to be considered an all-star. Yeah, I would agree. And um, to your point, I, I did have Gordon Hayward and Marc Gasol as a couple of players that I considered. 
Um, like you said, the West is just really stacked with players compared to the East. Um, you know, even though we talk about like, oh, there's four good point guards you can put in the, you know, Eastern Conference reserves. All of the guards that we're talking about in the West are probably better than any of those guys, which is just crazy to think about how good the West is in terms of pure talent level. Um, and then I also had Carl Anthony Towns as a as a possible all-star. I didn't include him, but he was another one of those guys that I like. Chris Tapps Porzingis in the East. I thought, you know, he'll he may he'll, he's going to get the nod at some point in his career multiple times, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Yeah, I think I think Cat is one of those guys who would be an all-star in the East. Um, like right I now, agree. Uh, he yeah. he would he would probably he's he's top five center right now. Uh, he's putting up twenty-two and ten. I'm pretty sure. So uh, he would be an all-star in the East right now, and he's borderline an all-star in the West. Let's talk about just the center position in the West. You went with DeAndre. I think DeMarcus is a lock. I, I think everyone agrees that DeMarcus is a lock, even though his team is bad. Let's talk about Mark Gasol, DeAndre Jordan, and Rudy Gobert. You went with DeAndre as the all-star. What separates him from those other two guys? Yeah, it really wasn't that much. Um, I think you just look at... Like 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 Rudy Gobert, he's good at very specific things, um, and he plays with a really good point guard, obviously, and Chris Paul. So the his, his stats are probably inflated, but he he just in my mind is one of those guys that is just has transcendent athleticism for a guy his size. Um, you see, it, I'm starting to see it in Joel Embiid as well. Um, not so much in Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert, but you just throw it anywhere near the rim, and he's going to put it down. Um, which I think in an, in a in a game like the All-Star game, that's going to be a lot more fun than having somebody like Marcus Gasol. So that was more just an entertainment pick for me over who I think necessarily deserved it. I think Marcus Gasol you could easily put in there as well. Yeah, I, I had trouble picking between um, DeAndre and Marcus Gasol. Uh, DeAndre, 13 points, 14 rebounds a game. He leads the NBA in field goal percentage. And if you take Chris Paul off of the team, then you don't have any Clippers, and obviously the Clippers' fourth best team in the West right now. So you kind of you think they should have a representative on that team, uh, but to me, Gasol is more important to the team. I think offensively, and I think that's what people look for most of the time. Not to knock defensive ability or anything, but I think mean, Gasol has won a Defensive Player of the Year award, and. For years, people were talking about him as maybe the best center in the NBA, even though he was only putting up 13, 14 points a game, uh, like DeAndre and Gobert are right now. And this year, he's just broken out offensively. He's unleashed the three-point shot. You know, He's continuing to be one of the best passing big men in the NBA. And so that's why I went with him. Yeah, I think unfortunately, he has... Even as he, he has progressed in his career, he's just been overshadowed, it seems like, by some other centers. Earlier in his career, it was like his brother, Pau Gasol. It was prime Dwight Howard, Andrew Bynum when the Lakers won, um, DeMarcus Cousins now. And then as he gets later and later into, into his career, you see players cropping up like Kristaps Porzingis, Carl Anthony Towns, obviously Joel Embiid. Um, and although Marcus Gasol has been a steady, very, very good center during that time, I don't think he, you know, kind of like Chris Paul now. Chris Paul is obviously one of the best point guards of all time, but it seems like there's always been somebody right next to him. Yeah, that's that's definitely a fair point. It's kind of like the the Jordan thing in the 90s, like there were so many good players in the 90s that didn't win a title because Jordan was there. Yeah. Um but yeah, so moving on to a little bit a different part of All-Star weekend, 
the dunk contest uh, last two years has been won by Zach Levine. Um, I personally think that Aaron Gordon should have won it last year. I think he had some better dunks. Uh, but this year, I'm hoping that Aaron Gordon will come back. I heard that he was still deciding whether or not he wanted to do it. I also heard that the NBA is considering inviting Zach Levine for a third time. Uh, but this is, these are my picks for the dunk contest. I think Aaron Gordon should be in. I think Andrew Wiggins deserves a shot at the dunk contest. I think they always throw in some young guy. They always throw in some rookie who's just athletic and is not hasn't really made an impact for his team yet. He's just athletic and can dunk. So I'm going with Marquise Chris for Phoenix because he's like 6'10 and probably the most athletic person on that team. And then I also threw in Gerald Green because I think it would be awesome if they brought in a veteran who has won it before to see if he can, you know, spice it up or make something different out of it. Yeah. I had three of the same players as you. I think Aaron Gordon should be back. This will be his second dunk contest. He's just phenomenal. I mean, he doesn't look that long necessarily. He looks more of like a Charles Barkley type player in my mind. Um, but he's just crazy athletic. It's sneaky athleticism almost, which is weird to say because of how athletic he is. Um, Andrew Wiggins definitely. We've all seen him since he was at Kansas, how freakishly athletic he is. I agree with you on the Marquise Chris pick as well. Um, but then on the last one, I didn't include Gerald Green. Instead, I included another guy who has been in the dunk contest before and didn't perform well. I think it would be cool to see um, Giannis Antetokounmpo back um, just because he's one of those guys that's so long, like Kevin Durant, that you know you see him dunk the ball and you're like, I'm pretty sure his toes were on the floor when he did that. Um, so it'd just be cool to see him. I think he's grown probably three or four inches since the last time he was in the dunk contest. So I think he could probably get super creative with the ridiculous wingspan and length that he has. Yeah, we've seen him dunk the ball from like the free throw line in game this year, I'm pretty sure. So he could definitely come up with some stuff. And it's interesting because, like I mentioned, they always throw in some young guy. Giannis was that young guy back when he was in the dunk contest. He was just like, oh, who is, people thought, who is this guy? He's athletic, he's tall, he can dunk it. But he wasn't an impact for his team. Now he's a household name, or at least he should be because he's an all-star starter. And so it, it would be nice, you know, people uh, thinking, you know, hey, we should put LeBron in there. You know, I miss the days when Michael Jordan and all the stars were in the dunk contest. Well, this would be nice to have an all-star starter in the dunk contest if, if they include Giannis there. Um, the other events three-point shootout and uh, the skills challenge, those picks, I mean, there's really no need to do those. It feels like they throw in the best shooters every year for the three-point shootout. Uh, And then the skills challenge, you know, just a handful of point guards that want to be included. Actually, last year, I think they did the uh, guards versus the bigs. If I remember correctly, I think Carl Anthony Towns won that, didn't he? You know, I don't remember that, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, so, I mean, those are fun events, obviously, but those picks are almost impossible to make. Um, So, yeah, February 17th through the 19th is All-Star Weekend, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, Next month, we're going to be doing a trade deadline special. Trade deadline is February 23rd, so the week following the All-Star break, after the players have been all, you know, taking a break and everything, they are going to be stressed again because thinking about trades. 
Um, so, you know, some of the names that have popped up already, Paul Millsap, you know, there's been some Reggie Jackson, Ricky Rubio rumors. So that should definitely be a fun trade deadline. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll just continue from there. Um, any closing thoughts? Watch out for the Sixers. They're four and a half games out of eighth place in the East. Uh, it would be unprecedented to see them rise into the playoffs, but um, you know, I don't think their schedule is going to be incredibly tough, and I think that they have a shot to do it. Yeah, next time we should uh, bring back the 538 projections just to see where each team is at right after the All-Star break. Uh, because I, I remember the last time we did the 538 projections, the Bulls were projected to be third in the East, and that is definitely not what it is right now. Um, so, yeah, so a month from now, it'll be fun to see where everyone is. Uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next month for our trade deadline special.